The Nugent Report, the science behind health and nutrition. Welcome to this episode of The Nugent Report, a definitive source for objective information on health and nutrition, featuring Dr. Steve Nugent, the renowned psychologist, author, public speaker, and expert on science, health, wellness, and nutrition. Be sure to visit our website at drnugent.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Nugent Report. Welcome to the Nugent Report. I'm Dr. Steve Nugent. This is the third in a series of episodes about vitamin D and magnesium, two nutrients that need to work together for your health. In this episode, I'll be throwing a lot of numbers and values your way, but don't panic. It's my goal on the Nugent Report to make sure that you have transcripts, written supportive data, tables or hot links to tables when I give you a whole bunch of numbers. I don't want you to stress out attempting to remember the numbers. Just enjoy the episode. And then go to drnugent.com to look for the numbers that you have in mind. I want you to remember that the Nugent Report is a labor of love, and it's not my day job. And in fact, I have two very talented, very dedicated individuals helping me on this website, and it's not their day job either. So we're posting these things as soon as we can, and if things don't come out as fast as you want them to, just try and be patient, please. Now, back to vitamin D. As I mentioned in previous episodes, once a lab test for physicians was developed so that they could easily test vitamin D levels of their patients, the general perspective on vitamin D supplementation changed almost diametrically. Before the test existed, I can remember frequently arguing with medical physicians about vitamin D supplementation. Now, a very significant percentage of patients According to study, as much as 42% are deficient in vitamin D. And physicians who have been taught that vitamin D supplementation wasn't necessary or perhaps even toxic, now they find themselves recommending thousands of units for patients each week. Remember, garbage in, garbage out. If the data you're using to begin with to make your decision is flawed and not accurate, it's highly probable that your conclusion will also be flawed and inaccurate. The first step when you have a health question, any health question, not just about vitamin D, is to get the appropriate test from the appropriate practitioner. Go to a doctor who knows what they're doing. In the case of vitamin D testing, any physician can do this for you. When you see your physician, ask them for a vitamin D blood test, a serum analysis. These days, it's pretty routine, and it's unlikely that you'll get any arguments. When any lab test comes back from any lab, it'll be pretty simple. Right on the printout, it will say low, normal, or high. This is not rocket science. You'll hear me talking in this podcast probably many times about 
inadequate levels versus deficiencies. There is a distinction, and the distinction is important when making decisions for your health. So let's apply that to vitamin D. If your blood test comes back with less than 30 millimoles per liter, and by the way, that is written as lowercase m-m-o-l forward slash uppercase l. So 30 millimoles per liter, less than that amount, that means it's low. And this is typically associated with deficiencies that can lead to serious health issues. If your test comes back between 30 and 50 millimoles per liter, it's classified as being less than adequate for bone health in already healthy individuals and amounts greater than or equal to 50 will be considered adequate for bone health as well as general health for already healthy individuals. Now, don't panic. If I said those numbers too fast, remember the tables or hot links for tables will be provided for you on drnugent.com. It's probably a good idea for me to go through some terms for you right now because it occurs to me that you'll be looking at labels, you'll be looking at literature, you'll be seeing things on the internet, and you might see some abbreviations that, well, just leave you confused. So let's do some terms and definitions right now. For many years, everybody was used to looking at a dietary supplement label, and they were looking for the RDA, and that's the Required Dietary Allowance. But then there was the RDI, which means Required Daily Intake. And then there's the DRI, which is the Dietary Reference Intake. That, by the way, is created by the Food Nutrition Board, FNB, which is part of the Institute of Medicine of the National Academies. And by the way, the National Academies used to be called the National Academy of Sciences. Are you confused yet? <laughs> well, hang on. There's more. There's also the AI and the EAR, and finally the UL. Wow. That is a lot to sort out. All right, I'm going to try and simplify each of these definitions for you. DRI, that's the Dietary Reference Intake. That's a set of values designed for assessing nutrition intake for already healthy people. Then there's the RDA, or Required Dietary Allowance, and that's the average daily level of intake deemed to be adequate, there's that word again, to meet the nutrient requirements for about 97 to 98% of healthy people. The RDA is typically used to plan diets that are nutritionally sufficient. Then there's the AI, or adequate intake. <laughs> the adequate intake is the level assumed to ensure nutritional adequacy. This value is used where there isn't enough human clinical evidence to develop the RDA. 
This brings up the difference between inadequate dietary levels and deficiencies. Very often, people are rated as having inadequate levels of nutrition to maintain normal health. However, a deficiency would be a level that would contribute to a significant health issue. So be aware when you're reading the differences between inadequate and deficient. And by the way, some authors are going to list it in the positive, and they're going to use the words adequate or sufficient. Lots of stuff here. Well, moving on, we have two more. That's the EAR, or Estimated Average Requirement. Now, that's the daily average level of intake estimated to meet the requirements of 50% of already healthy individuals. The EAR is typically used to assess and plan the nutrient intakes of groups of people rather than individuals so that groups can achieve adequate diets. But the EAR can also be used to evaluate nutrient intakes of individuals. Finally, we have the UL, which actually is an abbreviation for Tolerable Upper Intake Level. Now, that's the safe maximum daily intake level, which is unlikely to cause adverse effects. Throughout my career, countless times, people have told me that they thought if they went over the RDA that they were automatically toxic, they were in danger, they were afraid. Okay, there's, there's quite a span between the RDA and the UL of most nutrients. Again, tables or links to tables will be provided for you on drnugent.com. So, don't panic, it'll all be there. Now, if you take a look at one of those tables for the daily requirements, what you're going to find is that in this case, the case of vitamin D, the nutrient requirements for males and females is the same RDA. That's not typical, by the way. Generally, you'll find that with nutrients, it differs by age and gender. But in this case, it varies only by age, and pretty significantly, by the way. Sometimes you're going to see vitamin D rated in IUs, or international units. And other times, you'll see it listed as micrograms, which is abbreviated as lowercase mcg. I know what you're thinking. Why doesn't everyone just get on the same page and just do it for simplicity's sake, just one thing? Well, don't hold your breath on that, folks. There's actually reasons for all this. So, what you're going to notice on the table is that between the ages of 0 and 12 months, the requirement is 400 IU. Then it jumps up to 600 IU, all the way up to age 70. And then starting at age 70 forward for the rest of your life, it increases for another 200 international units per day. And this is because as you age, you become less efficient at synthesizing vitamin D from sunlight. It's, again, one of those 
curses of aging. But you know, aging is really preferable to the alternative. In the next episode, we'll be talking about the sources of vitamin D, conversion of sunlight to vitamin D, and the benefits of vitamin D. Until then, this is Dr. Steve Nugent saying, please stay safe, be sensible, and stay objective. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Nugent Report. Visit our website at drnugent.com for more objective facts about health and nutrition and email your questions and feedback to info at drnugent.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Nugent Report. Stay informed. Get the facts with The Nugent Report.